Welcome back to How They Train. Today I'm joined by Jake Stringer. Jake is an Australian rules footballer who plays for the Essendon Football Club. Jake is an AFL Premiership player, All-Australian and star of the competition. In 2021, Jake had arguably the best year of his career and announced himself as one of the best players in the game, maybe even the best on his day. At the end of the 2020 season, uh, I came to, to meet Jake because he wasn't exactly happy with where he was at physically. Um, he'd had a long run of injuries that year and just thought that he, he could be doing more. So um, Jake got in touch with me and, uh, and just said, look, I, I want to get fitter. I want to get stronger. What should I do? Jake, what sort of led you to, uh, to sending me that message? Yeah, well, obviously come under a fair bit of scrutiny in the end of the 2020 season. Um, but, you know, a lot of people didn't realise the, the day-to-day pain that um, I was going through to be able to just walk. So, yeah, it was a really hard one because of the hub and all those things. Um, and then obviously having a sydnesmosis injury where I had surgery midway through the year. And then it uh, sort of got to the back end of the year and I was challenged by Blake Carousella, who's a assistant coach at the Essendon Football Club, to get fitter and um, stronger and, you know, take my game to the levels that it should be at. I had a conversation with my brother, um, Brad, uh, along the grapevine. Your name got thrown around by Brad and his best mate, Hugh Jackson. So um, that's sort of where I landed with with coming to, to you. and. Um, obviously reached out to get a program and a plan in place to you know try and get myself back running, hopefully pain-free, which ended up happening. And then just really building a, a good base over that pre-season to set myself up for a big 2021, which, you know, definitely still had its um, ups and downs, but I was managed to, you know, probably pull out the best second half of the season that I'll probably have in, in my career, which was nice and a good lead way into this year as well. Um, so when we, when we first sort of started talking at, at the back end of that 2020 year, you said a few things to me that really suck out. Um, I obviously follow football a little bit and, and, and knew that, that maybe you were injured or, or that sort of thing. Um, and it, there was a really like um, public, and this always happens with you, everything you do is in the, um, in the, in the media's eye there was sort of a lot of public discussion about your weight and, and that maybe you'd put on it like a fair bit of weight and, and weren't playing as well, as well as you should be. Um, and, and when we first started talking, you told me you hadn't actually gone for a run or really done any exercise outside of playing on game day for three months. That's how bad your injury had gotten. Yeah. Yeah. That's virtually what it is. That's, that's, that's what had happened. Um, I had the surgery and I think I played it five and a half or six weeks, maybe yeah, six six or seven weeks. Can't remember exactly, but it was short. And um, yeah, I just never was, I never got on top of it completely. Um, and that's no one's fault, but probably my own, you know, pushing the envelope to, you know, we're in the mix of finals and at that stage. And, you know, I wanted to do everything and be the best teammate I could be. And, you know, me being on the sidelines wasn't that. So yeah, I pushed myself to try and get there. But, you know, that come at a cost of, obviously the media and the public and, you know, you living away from home and not being able to have your own, you know, meals that you cook because we were living in a hub. So everything was catered for. We couldn't cross train too when I was injured as well as much because 
we're away from the club. We we're in Queensland, so you sort of lose a little bit of the resources there too. And then, um, yeah, I, I was there was very little training in between games because there was the games and the weeks were shortened too. So I couldn't actually get a good running base or fitness base into that sort of back half of 2020. And yeah, it was in the end, it was good fuel for me for that, that preseason. Yeah. And it's funny if you contrast that, that the back end of that 2020 season to the back end of of the 2021 season that's just gone and they really couldn't have been, any different they're, they're they're pretty much polar opposites um i think most people sort of were questioning where you were at in the game at, at the end of 2020 and then by the end of 2021 everyone was sort of talking about how you're potentially the best player in the game um how much of that do you put put down to your preparation and and what sort of stuff did you actually do at the back end of that 2021 season so through your 2021 preseason to 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 get you to the place where you're where you're at right now in the game yeah, well, that was the, you know, 95 to 98% of it was the program that you'd written, not to pump your tyres up because this is your podcast, but that's <laughs> that's the truth though. It's, um, you know, the power of work and aerobic running that I did during that pre-season, um, even though I had a little bleed in my Achilles at the start of the preseason, I ended up missing the first two games. But I knew in my body that at some stage during the season, I was going to get a good run at it. And when I did, look out when I get going because I know I'm in a place where I haven't been before. And and from the outside looking in, you were probably seen as as a forward, like a, a mid-sized forward, but... Really, I think it's hard to argue you weren't one of the best midfielders in the game by the end of 2021. Was that always the plan? Like at the end of 2020, did you have conversations where like, okay, Jake, we want you to become a, a you know, a power midfielder or was, was the conversation still around being that that forward who, you know, kicks goals but, but doesn't really move up the ground? Yeah, that was the conversation that I had with Blake Carousella in the hub where he challenged me to, to get fitter to be able to do that. Um, so it was pretty much just put on me to decide what I wanted to do. And, um, I obviously took that as a great challenge and was like, yeah, sweet. If, if I put the work in, he's going to reward me by giving me time up the ground. And yeah, I think it paid off for myself and for the club, which was nice. Yeah. And, and obviously we're in the preseason for, for the 2022 season now, um, has, has, have things sort of started, like just kept going along the same trajectory as they, they were in the last preseason? Yeah, definitely. I, um, I probably didn't take a bigger, as big approach on the longer distance side of things that we did, as you know, as we did last preseason, cause you know, I really wanted to sharpen up, you know, that more explosive running to be able to keep backing it up time and time again to allow myself to play more more time, whether it is forward or mid, but have more explosive movements. So the case sort of dropped a little bit, but the workload definitely didn't. And is the uh, is the plan this year that that you're gonna sort of keep that that blend of, of forward and midfield or, or are you or are you going back to sort of more a permanent forward or or maybe even stepping up and playing more midfield minutes? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I had this conversation um, the other day, and I'm not sure what that'll look like just yet. Um, 
we had a few injuries, so it sort of, I sort of had no option but to play up the ground. But with you know a few people like Kyle Hooker retiring, and we're going to be very young, young forward line. So um, you know I might have to spend a bit more time down there. But for me, it doesn't really matter where I play on the ground. It's just a starting position, and you make it up as you go. Um, so for me, it's not, it's, it's not really a forward or a mid split. It's, you know, you sort of get the freedom to be able to do what you, what you like when the, when the game's rolling. Yeah. Hey, that just made me actually think, and I sort of don't go into these podcasts with any questions planned, but I've never had this conversation with you. What did you think about missing out on the all Australian squad this year when you were clearly the best player in the game for the last 10 weeks? Um, I mean, look, it was not something that I really you know, thought about or anything like that. But, you know, when I initially missed out, <laughs> you got bonuses in your contract. Majority people do for them. So, I mean, yeah. financially, it was, uh, it was a bit of a bit of a kick. But I, in the same sense, too, like I, I was well aware that my first half of the year was very quiet and, um, you know, to be put, virtually in the conversation of being an all Australian virtually off like 10 games. I was like, that's a, that's an effort in itself. Yeah. I was more proud of that, that, you know, purely off a second half of a year that someone can be, you know, in the conversation of being in the team and people saying, you know, how was I not in the team or whatever? Um, You know, I have had so many people ask me that, but yeah, for me, I was just more, more proud that I was in that conversation purely off like 10 weeks of football, which yeah. goes to show if I'm able to put together a season that, you know, it's taken out of people's hands and they've got no choice. Yeah. And you sort of said that um, you you identified going into this preseason that, that you know, the, the year before you'd done some sort of longer, more aerobic running um, and, and this one you wanted to, to focus on on more of that power running, so, you know, um, speed, endurance and that sort of thing. Can you just take us through what kind of sessions you were actually doing and what they looked like? Yeah, for last year or this year? For, for this year, yeah. This year's one, yeah. It was just more around your, you know, your, between your 400 and sort of 150s to 100s, you know, a lot of repetitions in between that range to be able to maintain that, sort of hardish running for, you know, but with shorter rest, if that makes sense. So you might do 200s on the minute. So you might do them in 36 to 38 seconds and then go again on the minute. doesn't sound that hard, but <laughs> once you do, you know, six of them, I guarantee you by the fourth one, you wishing you were only doing four max. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're sort of more what I was doing, whereas last year's one was – you know, as you're aware of, it was more like just get out and like pound the pavement, teach yourself how to run long distance and like learn how to be able to do that. Because before that, I probably hadn't ran over 2K straight probably in eight years. Yeah. That like a lot of people will just hear that and think that's crazy. Yeah, it's true though. Like you go for a run and you do a K warm up, and then we will do like 200s, 300s, 400s, you know, we're not going to do just a 5K jog. Well, I wasn't. Yeah. And and how much did you actually do last preseason? Like, so to sort of take everyone inside um, inside what our first preseason together looked like. It was virtually, 
at the start because my ankle was gassed. We got on uh, Swift. Is that that's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah, Swift, the the bike, uh, the bike program. Yeah, we were on the we were on the bike program, mate. That was torture. I hated those sessions. <laughs> they were so hard. Um, so yeah, at the, and they, that, that that's actually when that's when it started for me. That was like the mindset shift of being like, uh, you need to change how you do everything and then that was sort of you know getting into my old man's shed my dad jumping on the bike with me he'd sit on his but i made him do it with me because i hated it that much and i knew if i had someone doing it i'd have to do it so he'd jump on the bike and have a spin while i'd do the session and um yeah i think we did that for the first three or four weeks until i could sort of start to get a bit more movement into my ankle and then we're virtually doing anywhere from, you know, 25 minute runs, which were, I was punching out, I think about four to five K to, you know, big runs where it was like 10, 10 K, like just go for a run. And I really enjoyed it. I learned to like running, whereas I used to hate running, like hate it with a passion. So yeah, it was just a, but I'm, I was running probably every second day, if not every day until we went back, we'd probably have, I think it was like maybe one, one day off where you wouldn't have some type of time on legs, which for me is exactly what I needed. Yeah. And, and I guess something that I found really interesting with you, um, was how quickly you picked it up. So you sort of went from like, you'd come to me and you hadn't run in three months and, and it blew my mind a little bit when you told me you probably hadn't ran, ran like gone and, and run 5k in, in eight years. Um, I still remember when you first told me that and I was just like, well, well how are we going to do this? Because <laughs> I'd, I'd never worked with someone who had done so little, but uh, I was shocked by how quickly you picked it up and, and how quickly you got fit. Like you you came to me, well, I don't know if you want to talk about specifics, I'll let you do it if you want to, but you came to me pretty heavy as well and I just thought, I just thought, oh, this is this is a big project, but but you lost a heap of weight and you were really meticulous with your diet and 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 yeah, you got you got good at running quick. And I thought, geez, we've actually got a bit of a talented runner on our hands here. Yeah, well, I went from I think I was ninety, I was between ninety eight and ninety seven, probably more ninety eight by when I'd completely finished. Like when we completely started the program. Yeah, 98 kilos, that is. Yeah. And then I think by the time I went back to preseason, I was sitting, I think I got back at 91 too. So it's about seven kilos. Yeah. 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 So, but I had to do it. Um, that was just one of those things that was just a mindset shift that I was like, if I'm going to become a lead in, in this and commit to it and, you know, give myself every chance. But the thing that, you know, annoyed me about the back end of the 2020 season is people forgot my first five weeks in the 2020 season were like very, very good. Like it was some of the best football that I'd started to play. And then I did my ankle injury and then I come back and then obviously, you know, what happened during that year wasn't ideal but it happens in people's careers so that was more of a burner inside of me too it was like people were forgetting what I was able to start the season like they just were banking on what I was performing like each week and not knowing the 
you know, the pain and the physical anguish I was going through week to week to try and play. Yeah, I guess that's just what happens in the AFL world, isn't it? Where you sort of everyone has um has pretty short memories and 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 one minute you can be loved by everyone and then the next you can be hated by everyone and it and it can turn around just yeah. as quickly and go go back the other way. Um I I think that's maybe even particularly true with you. Um and 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 a big part of that is just because of how good you are. Like you're always um you're always at the the, the forefront of people's minds because your best is so good. Um, and that's why like supporters of, of the clubs that you play for really love you because they, they're the ones who are focusing on, on how good your best is. And like, for example, I remember something crazy last year when, when, um, you went back to, back to preseason training. So I think it was like session one or session two or whatever that you went back last year and, and, and the Essendon football club put up like a picture of you on their Facebook and it just got the craziest amount of comments and everyone was like, you know, talking about who like what if what what's what's happened to stringer where's the other half of him that sort of thing yeah she's a it's a different world <laughs> that's that's for sure but as you said though like for me all my preparation and everything is to perform and that's what i bank everything on is to be able to perform for my team to win a premiership that's what i wake up for and that's what i go to training for it's not to being all Australian or, you know, do these things. It's purely just to win my football club the premiership. Yeah. And um, going into this year, so going into the, the 2022 season, how how are things looking at the club? Really good. We're young, very, very young. You know, I feel like an old veteran running around at the minute. It's so weird. feels like only yesterday that you're, you know, walking in as a 25-year-old and then all of a sudden you got these kids that are 18 getting drafted that you're like, wow, these kids look so young and, you know, raw, but they're like seven years younger than you, but you feel like you're 40. So it's a weird transition football clubs because you go from being young to then all of a sudden being an experienced player, like very, very quickly. And you list and things like that change so frequently that you really got to be able to adapt to, you know, different roles and situations. It's a very unique situation, that's for sure. And, and what is your role? So you go back to pre-season this year and, and again, you've obviously had a really good pre-season um, following up from last year's pre-season. You go back in, in as good shape as you've ever been. What's your role to play through, throughout this pre-season with the young kids, especially like you guys having such a young, promising list who, are, who really are you like – you guys are thinking premiership. That's that's where that list is is heading. Um, so yeah, what's your role look like over this preseason? Yeah, it's a, it's more turning into you know like teaching and helping these young kids develop. But at the same time too, you got to keep that edge about you when you're training that you're still going to train to get better. So you, there's sort of a ruthlessness side to it as well, if that makes sense. It, you know, I'm going out to train to become the best player I can be. So that could be good for a young kid or it could be bad because I'm going to pretend that you're Dustin Martin and I'm lining up on you in front of 90,000 people. And, you know, that's that's the mindset that you sort of got to – it took me a while to figure out, but that's sort of where I'm, I've got to now is when we're in training and, you know, I'm full noise, like – there's no 
half, half sort of arsing around. It's like full stick, like it's virtually like a game, like it's war. So yeah, it's it's sort of you're trying to look after the young ones, but at the same time too, you're training to prepare yourself to play against the best as well. And is there anyone like that particularly maybe at your club or or from somewhere else where you sort of learned that from? Like did that did that happen? Um, so you're sort of saying that you do that to the the young boys now, where it's like, hey, I'm going to lead by example, and and you either keep up or you don't. Did, was there players who sort of did that same thing to you and, and and where you went, okay, that's who I've got to be like? Yeah, I was pretty lucky early in my early days when I was at the Western Bulldogs that, you know, I was you know, probably a little bit lazy coming from the country and all that type of stuff. But I was sort of, you know, I wasn't, the, I was never the greatest trainer. But when it comes to games and that, like it was just, that was more me. I was like, like match practice and things like that. I used to love doing all that stuff. But I learned, you know, from Matthew Boyd, Daniel Cross, um, Daniel Jensiracusa, Ryan Griffin, Adam Cooney, you know, th- those guys were really, really good for me to, you know, train day to day with. And, you know, it still took me probably four or five years to learn how to train properly. So, yeah. And then, you know, we've got great examples at our club now, like Zach Merritt, he's just, he's a machine like he's such a good trainer and you know he's so consistent week in week out that you know i think he's won three Crichton medals and he's like 25 or 26 which is our best and fairest award and he's just he's been so consistent throughout his whole career but you watch him train and you're like that's why and um you you sort of talked about this year how you you've made a, a bit of a shift from from doing sort of like longer, longer runs and, and just trying to build running volume to, to being more of a power runner. So, you know, doing a couple of sessions a week um, with, a, with a heavy speed endurance focus. Is there anything else you do? Like, are you in the weights room? Um, are you doing any cross training? Is there any sort of like alternative methods you use when you train that, that people might be interested in? Yeah, at the minute, probably the last two years, I haven't been overly big on weights. I've started to ramp ramp sort of lifting in that up a little bit not not overly a lot though um and cross training wise like i used to love boxing um i don't do much of it now swimming swimming is another good one um i'm a horrible swimmer but i think that's actually a good thing because when you get in the pool it's actually hard instead of those blokes that are good at swimming they can just cruise through so yeah i like to mix it up a little bit but once you sort of get into that pre-season mode, like mine's just purely about running. And then when it gets to training, it's about being able to perform at, at training. Yeah. And if you go back in, in time a little bit, so we've sort of talked about what you've done in the last two pre-seasons. Um, how did they differ from maybe when you were a bit of a younger kid coming up in the game and, and what kind of training were you doing in your off season and pre-season maybe before you got to the club? So Everyone knows that when you get to the club, everything's sort of dictated to you. But in your own time, in that period between like um, your last game of the year to when you go back in the club around Christmas time, what would you do training-wise? We wouldn't go back with Christmas. We were like back, finished September, October. We'd be back like November 5th. So I'm telling you, I'd be... <laughs> our pre-season goes from November till March. So if you can't get fit in five months... <laughs> there's something wrong with you. And that was my attitude towards it. I was like, 
why, why would I f- keep flogging myself? I've just finished the season. Why would I keep flogging myself for another six weeks and then flog myself again at training? And then, you know, it was always the ones with, and this is a hard thing too, because you don't want to come across and sound, you know, lazy or you're not, you know, trying or you don't take it serious because that's not the case. But, the amount of people that you'd see that would have such big pre-seasons before you'd get to the club and they wouldn't be training by February, March. Like I'm talking, this happens all the time. So there's a real delicacy in it. If that sort of makes sense of being able to still train really hard in that period, but smartly, that's probably the biggest area where I've seen a lot that, have trained that, you know, have had massive pre-seasons but probably weren't smart about what they did. Whereas for me, like, even though I got injured in January, I had to bleed in my Achilles, I I had to. And I knew at some stage I was going to come unstuck because I'd done so much running before that I hadn't done. Like, it was always going to happen. But I knew I had to do that to set myself up to be able to, get to the place that I get needed to get to, if that makes sense. I'm not sure if that makes sense or not. Yep, it does. Yeah, so that's sort of where my mindset shifted from. And as you get older, you get more time off too. So in the last sort of three years, I've had to train harder in that sort of off time because my pre-season's been shortened by three weeks. So you sort of have to train a lot harder in that. Whereas when you're a young kid, you can sort of get away with just doing a couple of runs here or there. And and then you come back and you've got, you know, two weeks where the clubs will flog you before the older boys come back. And then you know, you're normally pretty fit by the time the older boys come back because you're back into getting flogged for three weeks. So that was sort of the mindset that I was like when I was younger is like, why would I flog myself if I'm going to get flogged for six months anyway, before we even start? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And I guess, um, in, in like a practical sense, when you were playing, uh, um, the back half of, of this year, just gone and, and clearly everyone could see that, that you were running as well as you ever had. Did you notice, like, did you feel different out there on game day than what you had in the past? Like, when you were when you were running through the midfield, did you just feel um, feel like uh, like you were running on top of the ground and 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 aerobically fitter than you ever had before when you were actually out there on game day? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's sort of hard to compare, you know, previous years, like especially when I was at the Bulldogs to what it is now at Essendon too, like because I play sort of completely different roles, but definitely like the back end of last year to be able to like just do things that I couldn't do the year before because of my ankle, like turning and things like that. Like being able to do simple things like that and like sprint and stop and do these things, you know, without pain was just such a big, big mental shift that I was sort of like, wow, how nice is this? Um, And then it's, it's probably happened again, like at training, I'm finding that, I'm able to run harder and faster during training than I probably did last year as well. So I feel like I'm taking another big step forward into this preseason purely 
more on just being able to train footy, footy wise, if that that makes sense. Like really hard, like footy training, because the year before I'd done more of the long distance stuff. So yeah, I sort of didn't get much of that footy, footy actual training in. Yeah. And um, I guess something else that I wanted to sort of ask about, because I know what we've done uh, this preseason as well, or this off season as well. We, uh, we didn't do as much long distance sort of aerobic running. And, and like you've talked about, we did a lot more power running and, and a lot more speed work. Um, we also incorporated a fair bit of heat training this year because you were, you were doing like a bit lower volume. So we wanted to, to add some heat stress so that we, um, you know, we were getting some other, some other um, sort of chronic adaptations that would, that, would, that would make you fit a long term. Can you sort of describe to, to everyone listening what we, what we did in that sense? Yeah, so um, we, I was very lucky that we were still in uh, lockdown at this stage that we had an exemption that we were still able to go to a club and train. And we have an altitude room there that has two or three heaters in it. So I'd get into training. I'd literally crank the heaters up to full, which was only about 31, 32, do about an hour weight session. And then um, I'd jump into the altitude room which was like a sauna at that stage and, and yeah, run on the treadmill for, you know, between 20 and 35 minutes. That was what we did for I think about three weeks, which was horrendous because I hate running on a treadmill because one, you don't go anywhere. And two, I was just looking at an empty basketball court, which is boring too. <laughs> and I'm someone that gets bored very easily. So it was very painful sitting in there running on a treadmill, but it was hard. Like, it was hard yakka just sitting there. It was more mentally hard than, you know, physical. Uh, like my legs and that were fine, but like breathing and like just trying to keep your brain from not going crazy in there, that was what, that's what I struggled with. Yeah. I think that's like a big thing with, with training in general. And, and the more training you do is the, the physical adaptation and, and, and actually becoming physically fitter are part of it. But a big part is just waking up every day and, and doing the sessions you've got planned and going to bed and waking up and doing it the next day. And, and no matter how, how hard things get or, or how much you don't want to do things, you just do them. And um, it breeds this sort of, this sort of toughness in you, in you mentally that, that translates everywhere. It translates to your general life. It, it definitely translates to, to the thing you're training for. So for you being out there on the ground, like you just don't give yourself the outs that maybe you used to when you, when you start training in that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, you, you got to think too, like rocking up to training, you know, every day. Like there's some days you rock up and you're like, there's not one part of me that wants to train today. But then, you you know, you, you soon learn how your brain goes, righto, what are we – let's narrow it down. Like what are we going to focus on? Let's Let's pick something to focus on this training to make it easier for you. And that's what I've found that helps me now. It's just like, right, we've got a session tomorrow. What am I going to focus on? Well, I know we've got two big drills. I'm just going to dominate those two drills. And then by the time they come around, you're actually fired up and you're ready to go. So it's actually, it's good practice to be able to, you know, have a program like I, I did with you and have to wake up and look at it and go, fuck. Like you're telling me you want me to go for a seven k run, like I'm still that sore from yesterday. Like shit, I've got to do it because it's not for you, it's for me. 
So that's sort of a big mindset shift that I've had to make over over my career too is, you know, not wasting a training session because, you know, I could, I can, I used to do it when I was younger is be able to go to training and get through and still train well, but not get maximal effort out of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. And, and I think that, so sort of from what I've seen of you is when I first um, started working with you at the back end of, of 2020 and, and you're weighing sort of 98 kilos and you just come off a, a really sort of frustrating part of that, that last year. And then to see the year you've had this year and, you know, we talked about how you, you sort of got a lot fitter and dropped some weight. And I think like um, from my perspective, I think you're in, in like a, I don't know, at least a, at least a, 20, 30, 40% sort of better space than you were at the, at the end of 2020, like once we'd started working together at the end of that preseason compared to what you're at right now. Like I think you're, um, I think you're in such a better place. Like again, you've walked back into the club at that, that sort of 90 kilos, which is eight kilos less than, than what you were at, um, at the end of the 2020 season, which shows that you've, you've sort of you've now just got to that spot where you're maintaining a really high level of professionalism and, and fitness. And you've done a massive preseason again, where you actually still did quite a lot of long distance running, despite you saying you, uh, you didn't do much, which I guess speaks to how much you did the preseason before. And, and you've done a heap of, of speed work and, and sort of like, you know, speed endurance work and you've been back in the weights room. So like, I'm personally really excited to see what you can do in, in 2022. Yeah. And that's, that's been, yeah, and the other thing too is I still miss, I think it was six weeks of pure football pre-season last year. I missed all the warm-up games. I missed the first two rounds. And at the minute, I, I, I think I've missed one session since we've been back and I went back with the young boys as well. So that just goes to, goes to show that, you know, we've taken another massive step in, being ready but it's it's purely on the back of you know the work we did in that 20 end of 2020 to the start of 2021 that big big pre-season but then we actually come up with a good plan again to be go okay that worked perfectly but now we're at a we're at a different stage again which is what I needed I like I didn't need another big flogging to then hamper like I needed that perfect inclined to get me to training to be able to train for a pre-season to get me up to round one ready to go to play AFL at an elite level at round one if that's easy to follow or yeah for sure that was sort of that's and that's what's excited me is like I'm training at the minute I'm just like fuck, I, I wasn't training at this time last year I was in a moon boot and I was in a moon boot for another six weeks so I'm just licking my lips like anything I'm doing now is a, a massive bonus. Each time I step out on the park, I'm loving it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really exciting. Hey, if you could, um, if you could give one bit of advice to, uh, to sort of like a local footballer or, or, you know, someone playing lower levels of football in terms of their preparation, what do you think it would be? You just got to find something that works for you. And this is, this is like, goes to young kids anyone is you've got to find what's what's right for you and that that's can be from what you eat the night before to how much water you have what time you go to bed a whole lot of things and for me personally 
mate, I keep it as simple as possible. My preparation, literally, like I make sure I'm hydrated. I make sure I don't eat too much game day. I like to be light on game day. And then my preparation for my game, I try and, you know, it's an hour and a half. That's when I turn my mind into, okay, it's it's go time. But before that, I, I'm very much like relaxed, calm, you know, having kids and that as well. you got to be able to adapt to, you know, might be a night where not before a game and you might only get, you know, four hours sleep because one of the kids is sick or awake or whatever. So for me, it's just being able to be not too hung up on things to be able to just go, okay, I can deal with any situation and still be able to perform. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the club, are you guys sort of encouraged to find your own way to, to perform the best for you and, and therefore the team or, yep. or is it a little bit harder because it's in a team environment? No, no, no. It's very much, um, you know, you got to work out what's best for you because we're all elite athletes that, you know, if you play in AFL, you, you're in the top echelon in the country. So you got to, you know, you've got there for a reason but it's on you to be able to work out what works for you because I guarantee you that what I do probably won't work for 98% of people. So that's where it's hard to for me to go, oh, yeah, do this because I'd be like, I doubt it'll work for you because there's not too many people that can be so relaxed leading in like a lot of my mates, you know, like to you know, be probably a little bit more strung up and you know worked up whereas you know, I could literally do anything and I'll be fine as long as I get to the ground and once I get to the ground that's when I know it's go time yep awesome hey uh I reckon we'll wrap it up there there Jake it was uh it was it was awesome to have you on and, and great to chat to you and that was some really good insight for everyone um you actually, you actually don't really get that that kind of insight about the way uh, AFL players train that often. I mean, the media sort of more focuses on the personal side of things and and players um, sort of keep it a bit secret. But for you to come on and, and be that that open and honest about everything you're doing, it it, um, it means a lot and, 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 yeah, really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me on. And I'm sure we'll probably do, do another one in another couple of years when uh, hopefully things are still going smoothly. Awesome. Thanks, mate. No worries. See you, mate.